welcome to the God is not an asshole podcast. If you are one of the many people done with religious dogmatism, hang on. You might sense transcendence, but your church or other faith community never seem to get off the ground. You realize that honoring your conscience means more than fitting in and keeping hard to explain rules? Hang on. You could probably think of the goodness in your tradition, and you tried your best to save that baby, but there's so much bathwater. Join your hosts, David Norman Moore Jr. in California and Carrie Connolly in New Jersey, who are collaborating to bring on guests who have found life on the other side of fundamentalism. Guests with stories of how they have liberated themselves from beliefs that divide us from each other. None of our guests' narratives are identical, but we hope you'll find something in common with each of them. We invite you to experience our common bond as we all inspire even more of us to embrace the true self. Okay, well, this is Carrie here, and I am so excited to be here with my amazing co-host, David, and a guest that I am so excited to speak with because she and I go a long way back. We were just saying that we don't remember how we actually met, (laughs) but we have collaborated together and we are kind of each other's go-to people for some topics every once in a while. And uh, I am so excited to introduce Lisa Alexander. She is a an award-winning documentary filmmaker, a creator. She is a podcast host of the podcast, This Woman Knows, and overall amazing creative woman. And I'm so excited to talk with you. Specifically today, I really want to talk about your upcoming film that you are working on called My Father the Queen. Yes. Yes. And and, and, you know, interestingly, (laughs) I was aware of that film before Carrie mentioned it to me. I'm not sure exactly how. That's good. Yeah, you have a website where you can, you know, register or whatever. I don't don't know. Yes. Yes. But 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 I'm part of that. Awesome. I love that. I love that. I love it too. Thank you. Yes. You are. In the midst, as we are recording this, of a crowdfunding campaign, so yes. we will definitely be sure to um, to get this episode out in time so that people can can participate in that very Thank worthwhile you. effort. Um, mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit about this particular film. Um, tell us about the genesis of the film. Let's just start there. So I recently found out that I am what's called a queer spawn. And not only am I a queer spawn, I am a queer spawn elder. So put some respect on my name. How about that? Indeed. Uh, Indeed. (laughs) So I did not know that there was this community of of, of children of LGBTQ parents. So you can have Mm -hmm. either one or both parents be, you know, LGBTQ. And there is a community. There are six million of us. In the United wow. States, over um, a little over six million of us, and I just recently found out about this community. And what's always very interesting to me is when organizations, you know, they come together and they build these communities and um, have these resources available. I I went looking for resources immediately. I go to the website, look for all the things, and there are all these stories and there's books and there's TED talks and all these things, you know, short videos. But there was nothing from Black or Brown people mm-hmm. in the resources. Mm. Nothing. Interesting. Th- that's what I thought. Well, let and me I, say, Lisa. Yes. I am not the spawn of queer folks 
but I want to join this. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a cool community. And there's a, um, the organization called collage and it was originally for children of lesbian and gay couples, I think is what the original name was. But then of course, as the community grew, they just, it's just called collage at this point and they got rid of what it actually meant. And it was, primarily to protect the kiddos because it was it wasn't still isn't a safe space out here in the community and in the world for you know the, the kiddos and even kids that are on in the community themselves and so that's why it was created um and it's a, it's a it's a wonderful organization it is at least 30 years old so we're talking wow. 19 yes and i just found out about it and i am 54 and i just found out about this mm. but it's a wonderful organization and it's so supportive and i'm grateful that i found it and i've i've been able to connect so i went to my first queer spawn meeting um about yeah. a month ago <laughs> that's awesome i love it's it it's so cool it's so cool that's so, so it's hey, this is had... like p flag this is like the other side of p flag uh parents of yes uh, lesbians yes. and gays so this, this this is for the kiddos because we have a unique story yeah. to tell yeah. right we have a story yeah. to tell and so that's a friend of mine read my script and this is when my script was maybe five pages ten pages it was just an idea <laughs> And he told me, he says, Lisa, I think you really have something here because this story has not been told, and especially by a black or brown body. Mm. And from that, from his, you know, from his push and, you know, just telling Lisa, you know, go for it. I, I did. And now we're up to a feature film. It's 70 plus minutes, not quite 90, but 70 minutes, because I believe in when you're done telling a story, be done telling a story. There is no need to drag a thing on. It's like, <laughs> yes. get in, get out, you know, do what you're, yes. you know, what you're supposed to do. That That's just me. And so that's kind of how the film came about, because I thought this story really needed to be told. And it is a Black woman's story, a Black daughter's story of what it is to grow up with a closeted gay man. And then the trauma that they both experience because of societal pressures and norms. And then what does a path towards healing look like? And so that's that's what the film is about. We get to see this experience through her eyes. Now we'll learn about, you know, the father, his name is Walter. We'll learn about him and his experiences. But this is her story and her truth. Mm -hmm. I love that. I want to go in so many different directions, but I also, I also know from, because I know you and I know a little bit of the story of the the film that, that there is the intersection of the church in Mm -hmm. this, in this story. So Mm -hmm. can we talk a little, I know, (laughs) know, we've had those conversations, Mm -hmm. but let's record some of that now. (laughs) So yeah. So there is no way that you can have a conversation about a black family, especially if you're talking about in mm-hmm. the 70s, 60s, 70s. The the black church has been the cornerstone of black families since, just since, right? Since enslaved peoples were brought on this into this land, right? And so it is so important that we have the conversation about what's been taught from behind the pulpit of 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 our of our churches. And then how it impacts families. So I've always wanted to, my, what, what I want to show is how what's being taught 
affects real people, mm-hmm. how it impacts real lives and what the cost of that is. Because what we're experiencing, I had one person tell me, they said, Lisa, the church has to come to terms with the collateral damage mm-hmm. that is ours. And so this is her story. This is what happened to her. There, there, there is no judgment in the movie. There is just what is. There are uh, remakes. Uh, you know, we go into cer- you know certain church scenes, and these are messages that I have sat in that have come across the pulpit that we're going to share. That th- this is what the LGBT community faced faces should they des- um, d- decide to go into a house of worship. Do you think that that intersection of of the specificity of the Black church experience has something to do with why collage is very white? It could be. It could. Now, they do have... I don't know. Okay, so... Not that white churches have done a better job with the LGBT. Like, I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) I'm just... I'm just, I just so, know that there's but there a might be, there. there might be, I think, Carrie, what you're saying is there might be kind of this need uh, to not be ostracized. Um, Further. Uh, yeah, by, by Black folks, right? You know, being, as Lisa said, this is our community this in so ours. many ways. Yes. It's ours. Yeah. It's ours. So I know the collage does have, they are diverse. I will say that they are mm. diverse. The okay. other organization that I'm looking at, they are diverse. The people that ch- that want to come forward and tell their stories are not predominantly black and brown. They are I see. everybody else. But the uh, organization, mm-hmm. I do want to give a shout out to because they do have okay. um, a, a spot for a black collages, black 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 mm-hmm. queer spawn. We ha- we have thank a space for, in a group. Thank you for correcting me because yes. that's an important correction. Thank you. We do th- so. we do have a space within the within the, within the broader community. But when it comes to stories, and we know that stories are so important, we know that representation matters. We know that seeing someone that looks like me having a similar experience makes me feel not so isolated. And this wasn't just me and that maybe um, there is help or hope for me or there is a coming out or healing that can happen for me because our situations, while now they may not be identical, but they are similar. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. When you, uh, Carrie used the word a couple of times, intersection. Yes. And I, I'm wondering, Lisa, if you perceive uh, a place in, it, you know, as we talk about uh, intersectionality in the way that was launched by Kimberly Crenshaw um, years ago, uh, the, you know, the movement of uh, equity and justice mm-hmm. requires uh, various players from, from various places and I'm wondering how you might see that uh, w- with uh, being being you know a having a father as a queen. Hmm. So I can share this. There is a line in the film um, where our our main character, her name is Kelly, and Kelly is having a conversation with her boyfriend, and they're going through some things, you know, some of Walter, her father's things, and she she makes the statement. She says. I wish he would have risked hell versus creating hell. Wow. Mm. 
Mm. for our family, you know, for me and for our yeah. family. I wish he would have risked it. You know, you're reminding me, um, um, you know, Desmond Tutu, you know, his daughter, who we will be hosting uh, as well. Uh, well, Tutu, you know, she's a, a lesbian woman in, mm. a, in a relationship of many years. And I remember long before I knew that he was so inclusive. And I remember him saying that if he goes to heaven and there are no queer people, he would rather go to hell. And as an Anglican bishop, he said that. No. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yes. That, wow. That does not get a lot of play. That, that, that clip, Uh -uh. that's buried somewhere because that one we don't get to see too often, but. Right. That, that's a line in the in the in the in in the in the movie because you know we, for so much as we talk about the family structure and how important family is, and to have a member of the family be so wounded, to be uh, so traumatized because they are not able to be themselves authentically, then you get to see with how mental health plays into this and how yeah. it impacts a family and how it impacts relationships and how no relationship is ever the same, you know. So we get to see all of this in the movie. We get to see the mental health aspect. We get to see mm. the intersectionality of the church. And how do you begin to heal from all of these daddy issues? And then how does Walter, you know, how does he begin to even look at healing? One of the things that's really, um, I think, important to the film is that we say that he chose to remain closeted. So you remember coming of age, 60s, 70s, you know, 20, yeah, 70s, 80s, he was coming of age, right? And he, we say he chose to remain closeted, but did you really have a choice mm. to come wow. out of said closet? Right, right. Because in that, in that time period, who would hire you if you were out loud and proud? And then if you happened no. to be flamboyant, who was going to hire you? Where right. were you going to live? Because who was going to rent to you? And then you're Not very to mention just walking down the street is, is an issue of safety. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah. Especially so, if you're black and, oh, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, there's talk about intersectionality, right? There's, there's, there's a conversation, you know, my, uh, my wife and I were talking about this just a couple of days ago. People, what, the encounters that we've had with some, some white folks who have adopted black children. Yes. You know. And it yeah. turns out to be, you know, the Colin Kaepernick story all over again. And, you know, why Sorry. can't you just be grateful, <laughs> you know, so as to just repress everything who, that you are and, and you have experienced. And I see that kind of in your your situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just be grateful. Um, suck it up, you know, um, do what you have to do kind of thing. And that, And those... And isn't it shameful that that's what we tell victims to do, what we tell hurting people to do, just suck it up and get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. Do what you got to do. I think I think that's um, that's cruel. I think that's very that's cruel. Right. You know, one as I, I uh, in the work that I do, I, I do a lot of reading about trauma and uh, complex PTSD and, and all that. And, you know, one of the uh, Nicole, Dr. Uh, Nicole LaPera, who's known as the holistic psychologist on Instagram. She's great. I highly recommend you follow her. Um, but she talks about trauma as um, not these necessarily these big, huge events in our lives. Of course, that could be it. 
but the, but it could also be the daily um, having to, the daily self betrayal that you have to engage in in order to find belonging, right? Mm-hmm. Because belonging is, um, and I, I use that in my work a lot um, for lots of reasons. But but this idea of of I'm going to have to belonging is such a core need of yes. every human yes. being, yes. right? Yes. And if we have to betray mm-hmm. and deny and stuff down core parts of who we are in order to achieve belonging that that's just a that's just a a recipe for disaster and it's going to come out eventually it's going to come out eventually said every black woman who works in a predominantly white space every day um yes and so part of this is also how could he parent his children in a way that they needed to be parented if he's yeah, always right. stuff, he didn't have the bandwidth or the cap- emotional capacity to give them what they needed because he wasn't getting what he needed. I mean, there's only so much you can just keep stuffing down and I can't be who I am. And and then to be always told that one, you're an abomination, that something's wrong with you. And then remember, the American Psychological Association said that you were mentally ill. You had a mental mm-hmm. illness yeah. up until 1974. Yeah. And then they go, oh, no, that's not what we meant. You know, we're going to retract that <laughs> statement. But to just be always told something's wrong with you, um, you're an abomination, you're sinful. And one, oh my gosh, one of the things, I just read Billy Porter's book not too long ago, finished his book. And I'll, let's see, I'll have to do the clean version of this because the version in the book. You don't have to. This is not a family show. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) But uh, that is an incredible book. I, I thoroughly enjoyed his book. But he said that, when you're taught for so long that the relationships in, that you're in, that the love that you give and receive is an abomination, then it's really hard to form loving relationships or real relationships. And then it just becomes about the act. So you don't really allow yourself to fall in love because it's an abomination and it's just physical and it's just about the act. And so in his book, he said that he even struggled early on in his marriage, which we know now that he's he and his partner, his his husband, husband are getting ready to divorce. He said that early on in his marriage, that it was really difficult receiving love because of what he had been taught in the yeah. church, because of the, all the things that society said, it's dirty, oh. it's evil, it's filthy. And it's like, so you couldn't even form real relationships. It was just about the hookup. So even yes. even if you actually do have the courage to go out and and embody the you know the the yeah. the life and and who you really are you can't actually receive the intimacy the the mm. benefits of that intimacy and that and that bonding and that mm-hmm. belonging because mm-hmm. you still have this internal dialogue that absolutely. that you suck and you, yes. you're shameful for some yes. reason yeah. absolutely wow that's absolutely. so I want to I want to find ways to connect your story, your experience, and uh, that community specifically with more people, you know? Right, and of, right. of course, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that this podcast will be a part of that, but I think that we can find um, more ways to do that. And I'm thinking of, and and Carrie knows that uh, during uh, quarantine, um, I crossed paths with people near and far who um, who came out during that period, um, oh, um, wow. 11 people 
wow. at first. And then it grew as I began to make it known mm-hmm. that, and what I've found is that many people who have a religious, a church background, they want to talk to a pastor, you know, they, they oh. don't need my approval, mm-hmm. but they, they want to talk to a pastor who is, mm-hmm. who, who, un, who gets it, right? Yeah. And in one yeah. case, in one case, a pastor. Now, I, my roots are Church of God in Christ. You know, hey, P-A-W, <laughs> Pentecostal Assemblies of the World. Y'all know See? y'all not going. To, All right. You ain't going to heaven. Y'all know y'all ain't right. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name, sir. You know how this works. That's another podcast. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with P-A-W, but yeah. anyway. Uh, this is what we have in common, what we're talking yes, about today. absolutely. And one of our pastors, because of social media, mm. um, who was, you know, following me, um, was just amazed that a Church of God in Christ pastor yes. could think like I do. And he drove for hours oh. to come and meet with me and to come out. Mm. Oh, wow. And he has children. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he, I, I I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say their ages right. or anything he has like that. Queer because spawn. That's, he, he does. Exactly. He has queer so spawn. That's what is being brought to the fore of my consciousness as as I'm listening mm-hmm. to you is that his story is probably all over the place. Mm-hmm. And we 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 need to reach out to these kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because it is. There, there's a reckoning, you know, because at the end of the day, you kids just want their parents, father, mother, moms. It, we, we just want that relationship. Yeah. And I don't know of a little girl who does not want the love, the validation, the attention of her father. I don't know of one. Okay, and so the damage, Lisa, do this. the damage that it does when you don't get it. Sorry. Oh, oh. yes, ma'am. So, so Lisa. I don't know if this, I'm, I am going to make sure that he gets a copy of this uh, yes. when it's ready. Yes. I don't know if he will share it with his kids, but if you wanted to say something to, to his kids, what would you say? I would tell them that you are perfectly okay. Your father is okay. And that love really will trump all. And to, um, ask questions to not um this whole secrecy thing and you know a lot of times especially in black households and we're coming out of this a little bit with these new new the new generation gen z you know even even some gen xers you know we 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 we're trying to do better with this whole children should be seen and not heard and allowing children to have a voice and to ask questions and to get a proper response age appropriate of course, but that it's that it that it's okay. It's like boo. It's it's y'all gonna be all right. Y'all gonna be all right. Mm. There's a there are communities that are willing to embrace you and to love up on your families. I don't know what the marital status is right now, but there there that healing is absolutely possible. And this doesn't have to. You don't have to go. You do not have to go through what I went through. Mm. Mm. You don't have in, to. Uh, for example, 
you don't have to lose your father in the process. You don't have Mm -hmm. to not get that relationship or lose that relationship or have him be so wounded because he can't be who he is, that he can't parent you, that he can't love you, that he um, kind there was a rejection on my part. Mm -hmm. There was a rejection that happened. And so that doesn't have to happen for these kiddos, especially if the father gets the support he needs. Do you think though that that some sort you know one of one of the things that I always tell my coaching clients, for example, is emotions are always valid. Your perspective might not be the perspective that's yes. feeding them might, might not be right. So, but because and I say that because I think sometimes we we feel guilty for the emotions that we're feeling, especially when it comes to our parents, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we're so so, would it be fair to say that it's okay to fe- for a kid? who's discovering this about their parents to feel angry, right? To have a- anger, maybe because their their marriage or their family is being disrupted, their mm-hmm. parents' family is being disrupted, and mm-hmm. that's something that can cause anger, or you kept a secret from me and I didn't know, or you mm-hmm. haven't been here for me because you've mm-hmm. been so wrapped up. So I think, would it be fair to say that that anger is an okay emotion to have and it can exist absolutely a- in, in love as well? At the same love, time. You at are- the same time absolutely allowed to feel how you feel if it's yeah. anger feel the anger because for some of us it is a it's a sort it's a grief because we're grieving we we no longer yes. had what we had and there may be a sense of loss and so we know with the grieving process comes the denial comes the um the anger the the negotiating you know all the steps that we go through in a grieving process you know, God, if you just make my, my, my parent normal, if you can just put my family back together, all the, all the negotiating and the bargaining that we do, all of that's very real, very valid and allow yourself to go through the process, allow yourself to have the emotions, but know that emotions are fleeting, you know, and how I feel today, I mean, I feel tomorrow today, I might feel like a cheeseburger with onion rings and all the things. And tomorrow it's like, you know what? We should have a salad. We should probably do some balance of some things. Emotions change and what we think we want today could change tomorrow. And that's okay. That's okay. Are, are you familiar, Lisa, with um, the, the TV series 911? I've, I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. Okay. I'm not so, a big TV watcher. Well, you know what? I watch, well, I stream, you know, um, lots of things, but this would not fit the description of something that I would be interested in. Mm-hmm. And I would have just passed it by. But then I noticed that the producer was Angela Bassett and oh. that she was starring in it. Okay. And, you know, I just, yeah, Angela Bassett, you know, right? We'll so, watch. Yes. We'll give this a shot. <laughs> but the story, um, you know, she she is uh, uh, police something, uh, some kind of, you know, not, not, I don't know, she has some position. I think she's the, the chief. Yeah, she's the chief of police and her husband is... Uh, a firefighter, uh, uh, an, uh, an EMT. Okay. But that's her current husband. But the story starts with her, her husband who was gay. Oh. And, and they have children. They have a teenage okay. daughter and a boy who may be a teenager, mm. uh, but he's pretty young. And the, it follows the story of their breakup. Mm. Um, and, I don't know if you know that Angela Bassett also is Church of God in Christ. I did not know that. Yes. So. Wow. So it's as though she's sending a message 
right? By producing this series because they all stay and they all remain friends. And the, the father who moved out and moved in with a man, and then later she finds a man, a, mm-hmm. another man. All four of them are friends in the way that they work this yes. out. So, uh, I just it thought happens. you'd like to know. Yeah, it absolutely can. It can. It absolutely can happen when people are willing, when they are open. When I'll say that when they when they are open to other ways of living and being and saying that it's all okay. And that for the kids sake, we're going to still work, be able to work this out. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I think also the recognizing the beautiful diversity of God's creation, right? Recognizing, I think, and that's where it comes down to is that, is that God, you know, how, whoever you think or whatever, however you think creation got here, that there is beautiful diversity and that in my opinion is intentional and and Absolutely. gorgeous and you know um and if we can get to that foundation you know and also i'm thinking as i'm hearing this story and i love this story and i know of so many stories where you know a, a partner has come come out and then it all works out wonderfully right mm-hmm. but there are so many stories. And I have a dear friend who I'm actually hoping will be a, a, a guest. I've already spoken with him and we're going to, we just have to get him scheduled. But he came out and to this day, he is now married to a man. He has mm-hmm. been divorced from his, his wife. He is married to a man. And to this day, his ex-wife still sends him text messages that say, I am praying for you. You are still my husband. I will still be, you know, uh, I'm waiting for you. And wow. I, I have faith that God is going to, and he's just like, you have to move on. Wow. You have to move on. And the pain that that causes, right? But Both everybody, all of them. Yeah. Because here she is years later, years in later. Denial. In denial, waiting wow. for his return when she wow. could be going out living her life, right? So just as, as, awesome as it is to hear that there are those stories and we need to model them. I think we also have to recognize that there are those stories that don't work out that way and it causes so much pain for so many people. My Father the Queen is one of those Mm -hmm. stories where it did not Yes. Uh It it did not work out. Um, Not at all. Not at all. Thank you so much for being here today. We are people who have left behind performance-based religion and the shame that comes with it. Maybe you have a personal liberation story to tell, and we want to know about it. Please contact us on Twitter at God is not an asshole, or text 805-703-8393, because the world needs to know that God is not an asshole.